Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a writer and production manager for many Emmy award-winning TV and film projects. Her latest adventure is writing Far Side of the Moon on Apollo 8 Commander Frank Borman and his wife's season. We welcome author Lisa Jorgensen. Hi, Sean. Lisa, let's go beyond the mic. Your okay. work for TV and film helped influence you on space programs. There are plenty of astronauts and their wives to choose from. Why did Susan and Frank's story stand out for you? That is an, a great question, and I love to answer it because so my husband has been very passionate about the space program as long as we've been together, and we watch a lot of films, documentaries. He has every book on the program, and I started bugging him, and I said, I would really like to know more about the wives because they're never really... They're there, but they're not, you don't know what's really going on with them. So I started doing some research with the books that he had. And there was something about, I read just a very small excerpt of Frank and Susan. And the author had given a backstory of Susan and kind of, you know, the trauma that she went through as a young girl. There was something about her and the fact that she had always been represented in the things that I had seen as kind of a train wreck and i i just wasn't okay with that (laughs) so i approached frank he lives in montana and we drove there i said and he was just lovely but i said no offense sir i really don't care about you and i know that there's been a lot written about you but i really care about your wife and i want to tell the real story and he said, yes, they gave us everything. I I had access to all of their private letters. It was amazing to me, the trust that they put in me to tell this story. Why did his acceptance of this project take a weight off of you, making this so much easier to produce and write? I couldn't have told it from that very raw human perspective if he hadn't been completely on board and willing to you know, talk about the things that were very painful and private for him to talk about. It, it wouldn't have been the story that it is without that. You help your husband, Michael, with his production studios. As someone who has written yes. a book, how did he give you distance mm-hmm. when you're trying to bang out 1,500 words a day? And how has he helped you in reading, editing, everything? <laughs> yeah, well, I... I It was a blessing and a curse because he is an amazing storyteller and he's, he's written a lot of scripts. So he's a wonderful writer in his own right. This was a bit of a different process, something he's never done, but he really helped me make sure that the story was instead of it coming across as a report, which a lot of nonfiction can, because you're, you're essentially, you've already got the plot, right? You're, you're telling somebody else's story. And th- the challenge for me was to make it human, to make it accessible for the reader so that you really felt like you understood what they were both going through. Lisa, we all have things in our past that help motivate us for today. Yes. You have the love of health and fitness. How did your story help you in telling Frank and Susan's story? Wow. Uh, My story, I I think part of what 
really drew me to Susan is the the mental health aspect. And it was it's something that I I myself have struggled with. Kind of being brought up in an environment. Um, my dad was a, a minister. And so my, my parents were really busy. They didn't really have a lot of time for a teenage girl who was going through all of these things that she didn't understand. So there was aspects of Susan that I really related to. And it was probably one of the things that really drove me to, to really tell her story well and with honesty and to be authentic about it. And I just wanted people to know who she was because if I was her, I would want somebody to do that for me. Lisa, was there one question that you wanted to ask but held back because it may have been too dark, may have been just not right mm-hmm. for Frank to say, but Frank said, no, it's, it's okay. He wants you to tell the story. Yeah, yeah and that was, that was something that was obviously very difficult for him to talk about, the ways that he realized later on how he contributed to her suffering and just kind of the, the, the overall neglect for all of these women during that time, because they were just thrust into the spotlight. So he he was very committed to being as raw and real as possible. And I was so moved by that. Just his ability to take accountability for all of the things that he knew he had done to hurt her. After visiting the flight surgeon, trying to heal his ear, Frank was willing to quit to make it easier on his family, but Susan wouldn't let him. Susan said, quote, This is very true, darling, but you can't quit. You can't walk away from something you love, something that you have worked so hard for. There has to be a way, unquote. She pushes him to continue his yeah. dream. And, and that was the thing that Frank just kept repeating to me over and over again, how he would have never accomplished the things that he accomplished in his life without her. She really was such a strong, amazing woman, even with the things that she had to, to deal with as far as her health went. She never once let him down. She never once let her boys down. She was a rock. And that is what I wanted people to know because up until I wrote this book, she had never been represented that way. Author of Far Side of the Moon, Lisa Jorgensen, joins us beyond the mic. It's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lisa, you've helped the Edmonton Humane Society and own a couple of dogs. Why is the love of an animal so unconditional? I don't know why it's so unconditional, but I am so grateful for that. It is the purest love that you can experience in my opinion. I, I'm just, they're like angels to me. They're like angels on earth. And uh, it's why I've, you know, been so involved in the rescue of, they just, they, they need to be protected. What's the favorite thing your husband does for you? He does so many great things. You have to pick one. Okay. Um, he buys me flowers just because never on the special occasions, we kind of have that thing, but he just shows up with flowers all the time 
just because he knows I love flowers. So I have to say that is just, it's so wonderful to, to get something just randomly for no reason, just because he loves me. What kind of flowers? Peonies are actually my favorite, but uh, I, I pretty much love all flowers. So the peonies are my favorite. Would you rather visit the moon or Mars? Oh, the moon. <laughs> Definitely. I've kind of a little bit obsessed with the moon, obviously. So, yes. Have you ever left a movie before it was finished? One time. Battlefield Earth with I think John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker. Oh, wow. But that's the only time. Your own husband does plenty of nonfiction stories, but what was the last fiction book you read? It's uh, Lisa Kleepass is my favorite fiction author, and uh, I've read all of her books countless times, but the last one of hers I read was, um, oh, what what was it called again? The Devil in Dis- something about the devil, <laughs> but it's, it's historical fiction. They all have the word the devil. She is the devil. <laughs> it was Devil in Disguise. It was Devil in Disguise. That's the last one I read. <laughs> What's the last piece of good news you've received? The last piece of good news I received was that our car that we uh, just ordered, we love Challengers. Both my husband and I are kind of obsessed with the Challenger. They're all back ordered right now, but I think we're going to get it sooner than we thought. So that was really good news. What's the last piece of bad news you received? The last piece of bad news was, um, oh, wow. It was probably a, a friend of mine that passed. Uh, she had cancer, and so she passed, and that was, that was very sad. Lisa, after a hard day at work, what do you like to do? I love to cook. I love to cook. I find that very relaxing. So I'll turn music on, pour a glass of wine, and yeah, just putter around in the kitchen. So what's your favorite dish? Um, I, I'm really into Armenian food right now, and I'm not good at making it <laughs> yet. But yeah, that's the flavors. And I love Moroccan as well. I love cooking the cinnamon and the, the cumin. And oh, yeah. So it's... I'm always kind of experimenting with different recipes. It's time for the back half with author of Far Side of the Moon, Lisa Jorgensen, Beyond the Mic. Lisa, how did your time traveling the world, helping others, help you to become a better writer? I think that it gives you an appreciation and compassion for what other people are going through. Because I've been to places where I've seen suffering I, I have a hard time watching what's even going on in Ukraine right now because I have been to places like that, not necessarily that are in the middle of a war, but people are, are suffering and I want to fix everything and you just can't. So you pour that, that feeling of helplessness, maybe wanting to make the world a better place definitely has helped me become a better writer and also being able to put myself in someone else's shoes. 
As you started the interview process and the background for writing this book, plenty of personal stories, some light and dark, came to the surface. Mm -hmm. How do you balance telling their story, Frank and Susan, with telling the story that needed to be told? That was challenging, but, and I obviously had support. I had, you know, my husband helped, he read the first draft, second draft, third draft, and just helped me really hone it down to the important aspects and make sure that what my goal was, was to show this amazing woman, but also this amazing man and this eight decade love story and to do it in a way that was really real, but yet inspiring. December 26th, Apollo 8 is heading back. Their son Edwin walks in with a cast on his hand. Susan says, what happened to you? Edwin got into a fight with his brother Fred, broke his thumb. Rather than worry their mother about it, they drove to NASA, doctor x-rayed it, and set the bone. Susan wants to be the fixer. You want to be the fixer in your own life. How did her desire to be the family fixer so relatable for you? Yeah, and, and I felt the more that I did the research and the more that I got to know her through letters and through a, you know, a couple of journals she had that Frank gave me and also her closest friends, there were quite a few similarities. I, I, I felt closer and closer to her because there were a lot of things that were I very much related to. I just, yeah, I really wanted to do right by her. It's harder the closer you get to them to remain objective. How did this story change you as an author and as a person? I, when I first kind of embarked on this, I had no idea the scope of what this story was actually going to be. And I think what changed me was being allowed into these people's lives in such a huge way. I mean, they had nothing from me and Frank phoned all of the other wives that are still with us and told them to trust me, that they could trust me and they could, you know, tell the real story and to not hold anything back and to have that trust and to have somebody put their faith in me like that was overwhelming, but also one of the the most beautiful gifts I've ever been given in my life. Lisa Jorgensen, author of Far Side of the Moon, joins us beyond the mic. Has the culture changed in the space program from the wives' perspective from then to today? Yes. Oh, definitely. And I mean, you know, things have definitely progressed. I mean, when Frank and Susan uh, showed up in the early 60s, NASA was just starting out. They, they were basically in chaos and there was no place for the women to live. There was no place for, you know, that kind of community that the military always had prior that they were used to, right. They would show up on a base and they would, there was just a a pattern, but there was no pattern. And these, these women had to figure everything out on their own because their husbands were essentially gone. So it was really very tumultuous time, obviously too, in the sixties, what was going on just with the war and Kennedy being assassinated and then Martin Luther King and Bobby, like it was, there was just so much going on and these women just had to figure it out. Right. Oh, and by the way, there's TV cameras on your front lawn 
Um, make sure you always dress perfectly, even though you have no money. <laughs> so they were all, you know, at the thrift store all the time and trying to always look perfect, even if they had to just go get groceries. So it was a lot of pressure. And that's just something I don't think they deal with now to that degree at all. So it's just a lot more controlled, whereas there there was nobody that was kind of helping them navigate all of the the craziness. They just had to figure it out. After reading her letters, after seeing the love and passion in their marriage, every writer leaves a little part of themselves in the writing. How did Susan touch your heart? She is she has touched my heart in so many ways, and so has Frank. And actually, my dog, the the one I just got, was born on the day that my book came out. So I named her Susu, which is what Susan's grandkids called her. That was her nickname from, uh, and and then Frank named every one of his planes that he flew. Susu one, Susu two, Susu three, Susu four. So she is a friend to me, even though we never really got to speak. I only spoke to her one time because of her Alzheimer's, but meeting her, seeing her eyes light up when I told her that I wanted to tell her real story. I just, I always felt her with me when I was writing this book. Even though she's gone, her writing lives on. How does that make you feel? I'm really proud of that. I'm, I'm proud that uh, I was able to do that for her. She deserves it. Everybody does. Like you said, everybody has a story. Everybody has pain and joy and challenges to overcome. And I think that when we can read, that's why story is so powerful to help us become better humans. Because when you read a story that you can relate to, you don't feel so alone in whatever it is that you're going through. So that is something that I'm really grateful that I was able to, I guess, leave behind when I'm, when I'm gone. Uh, my legacy, if you will, of, of telling really good human stories about people who overcome immense challenges and inspire us. How did the pandemic shutdown help or hurt your writing? Yeah, it was really, I mean, I know everybody's got their own unique, unique experiences, but I was still kind of in the writing phase. So I was so scope blocked and I'm pretty, when I'm, when I decide that this, okay, I'm doing this, then the world can blow up around me. I don't even notice, right? Like I have to get these 1500 words a day done. And so I was still in that. And then when I finally came out of it, I started noticing, oh, I can't go anywhere now. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was a help at the beginning um, because I really needed to finish. Obviously, it went on much longer than anybody expected. But the challenge, I think, was more about when the book was ready to be promoted, not being able to really do that. No in-person anything, right? So it was that was the challenge. It's time for a Beyond the Mic social media check from Lisa Jorgensen. You once wrote, quote, if you've never lost your mind, then you've never followed your heart, unquote. How has this process of writing, researching, and promoting this project helped you lose and gain your mind? 
it is probably the most challenging thing I've ever taken on in my life. And obviously I put a lot of pressure on myself to make sure that I, I got it right. And that I, I told the story. Well, I definitely lost my mind some days just doubting myself. Right. And I thankfully had people that kind of talked me off that particular ledge, but in overcoming that and to push through when you're like, this is all crap. Like, what am I doing? I'm fooling myself that I can do this well. And you just push through that and you keep going and you keep going. And that has really helped me internally just build that muscle of you made a commitment. You're doing it full stop. It's time for one big question with author Lisa Jorgensen, author of far side of the moon beyond the mic. What's the one lesson you want to share with others? There's so many good ones, but I would say that being accountable for the ways that you've caused the people you love pain, being accountable for that and owning it doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. And it, I think, brings us closer together when we can honestly say, I am so sorry I hurt you, or I'm so sorry I did this to own it then to do better and to not be afraid to say that you were wrong about something or that you did something that was very hurtful. That was just huge for me. And and to talk to this man who literally is a rocket scientist to, to get that deep and personal about the ways that he caused his family pain was very moving. Lisa, where can people find you? I have a Facebook, Farsight of the Moon, Twitter, and Instagram. My website, farsightofthemoon.com, has everything on it, as well as photos that are not in the book of Frank and Susan throughout the years. And there's a lot of information on there. And of course, all the ways that you can purchase the book is on my website as well. She loves being given random peonies, would love to visit the moon, and cooking Moroccan food, but she's not good at it yet. Her book, Far Side of the Moon, is available now. We thank author Lisa Jorgensen for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much, Sean. This was great. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. Beyond the Mic.